Attention, attention, please. This is an announcement straight from Alabama's true MCs. Uh, for Southern rap, there's a new day, and they come and show you the way in the DSA. Hello, what's up? This is your boy, Todd the Toddfather Holland, coming to you with Three the Hard Way Podcast, Approach the Throne Edition. And in case you don't know what that is, this is where me and a couple of those super Black Panther fans, we come along, talk about Black Panther, get you educated about the King of Wakanda before his movie in February. This will be something that we're looking at doing probably once a month to get you straight, get you where you know everything you need to know about Black Panther and how to be down with the King when the movie hits. As I said, I'm Todd the Todd Fowler Holland, and with me as always, Tony the Hitman Horton. And we got three special guests this evening. Sound off, guys. Yeah, this is Michael, um, based in London, UK, uh, big time Black Panther fan. I'm happy to be here. Once again, it's your Wakanda diplomat. DQ is in the building, representing out of the East Coast. What's going on, y'all? Black Panther all day, every day. Wakanda all day, every day. My people, what is good? And also, we got me, last Black Native, uh, a friend of the show, um, you know, back again to talk about, hey, my favorite character, King of Wakanda. What's up, y'all? Special thanks, y'all. This is my boy, Black Native here. If you like our theme song, he's the one that's behind it. That's the mastermind. Can't thank him enough. Uh, no problem, no problem. <laughs> I'm, I'm just shocked right now that Chadwick hasn't got the hadn't got word of it yet, and he, it needs we need to try to circulate this and get it out there somehow. Well, this yeah, is only the second. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm talking about the song itself. I'm talking about the song itself. Oh, well, I've been tweeting the hell out of. Uh, I just tweeted. Uh, I found out that uh, the uh, producer for. Um, Child is Gambino. Uh-huh. He, yeah. is, he is going to be the guy doing the uh, doing the soundtrack for Black Panther. Okay. Wow. So, yeah. So wow. Um, I've been you know tweeting him, and he's with Live Nation, and so I've been you know tweeting them the song and stuff like that. And whenever they uh, whenever I see Chadwick or whoever online, uh, you know I at mention them, and you know tweet the song to him, try to do it to the point where I'm not trying to, you know, be Spanish, but at the same yeah. time, you know, try to get their attention. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, that is too cool, man. All right, so what are you guys thinking about? Uh, I know the big thing on one of our groups was uh, it looks like Panther and Storm may be getting back together. Looks like Coach is trying to give the real Panther fans at least some red meat, you know, to keep us from burning <laughs> Burning his office down, uh, you know, it, uh, burning him in effigy or something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, because for me, um, when Reginald Hudlin, like, you know, brought the marriage and everything to the fore, back in the day, it was good. I, I felt it was well, it was well presented and well handled. And it's like, you know, a lot of people criticize Reginald Hudlin for doing that, but it's not like he was doing it in a vacuum. You had, like, Chris Claremont's, like, short story back in that Marvel 2 and 1 that came out in the 80s. Christopher Priest kind of, like, touched on the relationship during his run. So it's not like Reginald Hudlin came out of nowhere with that. But the amount of pushback from the so-called ex-office 
and some of the ex fans was just like ridiculous. And it was just like horrific to me because I kind of like joined CBR Comic Book Resources roughly around that time. And I remember I was like an innocent, like virgin guy stepping into CBR forums, went onto the <laughs> X forums and saw the amount of hate that was being thrown at Hudlin and the Black Panther. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It, mm. it, it, that was like a, it was a shock to me. It really got to me. I was like, hold up, girl. are these guys actually talking about comics or are they talking about real people? That's how, that's how dark it got. You know, I've been on CBR for quite a long time. Um, I posted the Black Panther appreciation thread on that on that on that forum, and it's a constant battle. You know, like more than more than a number of times, like pro Black Panther um, posters get banned. You've got like mm. Storm fans will come into the thread, throw a lot of shade and bullshit around. The minute you respond to them, the mods ban your ass. Give you like one week bans, two weeks bans, or in some cases permanent bans. But the storm trolls have come on there, come in there and leave with no problem at all. So for me, it looks like there are a lot of people, both within the industry, the fan base, and writers, that had a serious problem with T'Challa and Aurora being together in a in a in a, in a strong relationship. It's like they're kind of anti-black man and woman getting together. They have no problem with Luke Cage and Jessica Jones or any of the right. other mixed race relationships in the comic books. And this goes across the spectrum, even into the TV shows we watch, the movies we see. It's like if it's not, if it's black and black, we don't want to see it, mm-hmm. you know. And and it creates a it creates a conflict of interest because if you go all the way back to when Don McGregor was doing doing the Jungle Action Black Panther stories, he had T'Challa with Monica Lynn. That was a straight-up black-on-black relationship. There was no ambiguity or anything at all. The guy came correct. Yet people complain that Don McGregor's like Black Panther was always getting beaten down and his costume ripped and stuff. But the fact remains is that I've read interviews about this guy basically saying he had to fight Marvel editorial all the way back in the 70s to make sure that the Black Panther was 100% black in Africa accurate. They had people telling him that he needed to bring more white characters in, and he refused. So mm. people can say what they want to say about Don McGregor. The fact remains is that the guy did the best he could do at that time. You know, mm. we've had various other writers that have actually handled um, T'Challa's adventures, going all the way back to Stan Lee and Jack Kirby back in the 60s. You had, like, this horrible, this horrible period during the 70s when Roy Thomas took over and completely had... T'Challa in the back of the event, back of, all back of the bus in the Avengers, just screaming out warnings were about to be attacked before he got his ass knocked out. You know, it's yeah. only when Christopher Priest came on board, you know, that things really improved and he really began to flesh the character out. So, but going back to the whole Storm and Black Panther thing, I mean, I <laughs> really had a lot of horrible flashbacks on Facebook, seeing some of the crazy-ass comments that were being posted on there <laughs> that were anti- the marriage, and this isn't coming from white folks. So when we talk about like white people, you know, um, this they're not even the problem here. It's actually our own fellow black folks that are Chinese. Yeah. They can they can ship to um, ship Aurora with everyone from Thor to Doctor Doom to Count Dracula, but when yep. it comes to her being with a black guy, they seem to have a problem. And I'm talking about sisters and brothers because you know mm-hmm. I'm one of these guys that I'm open to everyone. 
But my thing is that when I see my own so-called person, like, throwing, like, crazy amounts of shade, I get confused. And I begin to understand what this Stockholm Syndrome thing is all about. You know, so that's my personal take on uh, quotes. I can't stand the guy. I ain't going to lie. I've never liked him from day one. So I, I, I listened to the guys, I read the guys' interviews online before he even started writing the Black Panther book. And he made it quite clear that he didn't appreciate the mythos. He didn't appreciate the character. He had crazy amounts of criticism about the Dora Milaje and everything else. He just basically mischaracterized. He, he showed that he really knew nothing about the Black Panther history and why Marvel kind of like gave this guy the contract to write the book. I feel it's based on his name as a as a recognized author of nonfiction. They so just wanted to jump on that bandwagon and use that name to basically like push the book. But he was complete. He was and still remains the most like unsuitable writer to write anything about the Black Panther after Jonathan Mayberry, who I think was he wasn't even as bad as Coates. He was bad, but he wasn't this bad. Coates has just mm. taken it to a ridiculous level now. And for him to be the person brainstormed back into the Black Panther mythos, I'm like, nah, he's the last guy that I want to be writing that. Because he's actually using her as a mouthpiece to, like, low-key shade to Charlie anyway. Just like all the other characters that he's using. Yeah, that's what he's doing. So it's not me hating on the brother, because at the end of the day, you know, I wish him all the success in his non-fiction work. But as far as the Black Panther stuff he's doing, that's a straight-up disrespect. Not just to the character, but to every other writer who really put in work to bring T'Challa up to the level that he got to before Coates came on board. All right. Mike got some hardcore feelings about it. What is, what the <laughs> rest you got to say? What you got, DQ? Well, I'll say this. Um, I'm definitely for the uh, marriage um, or them getting back together. I, I'm, You know, you guys all know how I feel about the uh, annual, Black Panther annual that came out. Oh, boy, so, that was dope. Yeah. That's, that's what I want. And but at the end of that book, if you really look closely to what the frogs were saying, they were kind of saying to me they represented Marvel or the people at Marvel at the time. And, you know, but I will say that, you know, I depend everything on this movie. That's what I'm depending everything on. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. This movie, from what I've read and, and seen in interviews, uh, Mr. Moore has said that they took the best of the best from each writer. So hopefully, you know, this will transcend into or pour right into the comic book, you know what I'm saying, or into the series. And, man, maybe everybody can get what they want out of this. You know what I'm saying? Maybe we can get coats out of this and get another writer onto the uh, onto the book. You know what I mean? Because... I just want to see longevity. That's all I want. You know what I mean? You know, I, I will say that I do like some of the things that Coach has brought back and what he has, you know what I mean? Like, he has definitely made Wakanda, uh, you know, believable. You know what I mean? So I, I can't. I, I will give him hats off to that. You know what I mean? I'm sure with it. <laughs> you know, I've, I've noticed. I've noticed the past couple of months he started bringing back some of the characters from like the priest world. You know, his Queen Divine Justice popped up. What was it a couple of months ago? 
Uh, Vibraxis has popped up again. So, you know, but like I said, I, I really think that's just red meat to the Panther fans because he knew he was about out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? And that's the thing, too, just like what Michael was saying, like, you know, like what's the end agenda to me is, is why, you know what I'm saying? Like, is he bringing, bringing them back just to kill everybody off or, or, or what? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is he bringing them back to, to maybe hopefully bring back the world of Wakanda and, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, what's his, his, his end agenda is really what I would like to know. Yeah, that, that's, that's one of those kind of things that we got to kind of wait and see. Laz, what's your take on it, man? Well, as far as the, uh, the Storm <clears throat> situation, um, you know, they even had Storm, uh, doing Black Vortex, they had her possibly hooking up with Rocket Raccoon for the wedding. Yep. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, they just... Yeah, man. I just... Come on, Rocket Raccoon? Like... So, you know... It, yeah. That hurt, me to, that hurt me to see, man. I was just like, how do you go from a queen to a Rocket Raccoon? You know, and it's just... Yeah. Yeah. So, I... I I'm going to have to reserve my judgment for it because, you know... Like, like, you know, others have said, um, he could be doing this because, you know, his sales have been abysmal and, you know, the crew got canceled and, you know, his protege, you know, Roxanne Gay, you know, her uh, women of Wakanda got canceled. And so it's kind of like all eyes are on him and with abysmal sales, you know, so I think. I don't know if he's bringing these characters back to, like you said, you know, for us to lick our chops and see these people we're familiar with and to kind of boost sales or, you know, um, you know, does it have an end game? You know, I'm, I'm not really sure. So, and then I, I guess I'm going to have to look at how Storm interacts because, you know, you could tell they were in love, like really in love doing the Hudson run. You know what I mean? Like right. yeah. it was all about that black family unity and that's what, you know, really – piss some people off so now i understand you know her feelings about you know him annulling the wedding and you know all that after you know x-men versus avengers and all that but i feel like those feelings aren't something you can just get rid of so fast and mm. she probably knows that this man is country overall you know what i'm saying and so he was kind of put in a position to to make that decision, and so I hope some reckon some real character building on some reconciliation could actually happen, not just a cheap thrill. You know, that's my yeah. I think <laughs> I know. think uh, I think Jonathan Hickman really did that for me at least in his uh, new Avengers book when. Uh-huh. You had an incursion about to happen, and they had decided not to destroy that other Earth. So they, they, so Mr. Fantastic, Black Panther, and the people other than Namor basically thought these were the last few hours that they were going to live, that the end of the world was that next morning. And Storm goes to Panther. I mean, Panther goes to Storm. And you see she's, like, sitting in bed, and he's putting his uniform back on. And he's talking about, you know, how he wished he had just been a man and not a king. And where, yeah. you know, that some kind of way they could have been together. I thought that scene was really deep because that was a man basically going, I know I'm about to die and I want to spend my last hours of mm-hmm. life with you. 
Wow. And I thought that was I, yeah. I thought that was deep. I really, really thought that was deep. Yeah. But you know oh. you know the flip side the flip side of that though is that T'Challa goes down, goes to see Aurora. This the world is about to end and he doesn't tell her that the world is about to end. So he basically goes down there, busts a nut and leaps out the window, says, Farewell, my love and she doesn't know the planet is about to die. So Hickman in a way that that thing left a sour taste in my mouth. I ain't gonna lie. It, it it made me feel a certain way. It's just the way that when they broke up, um, T'Challa and Aurora during AVX, they had her in the follow up X Men books jumping into bed with Wolverine one time. There was no delay. There was no, yeah. no nothing. But one thing you guys will know is that from the time of the breakup till now, T'Challa has not been involved with any with other not a woman. characters. So basically, yeah. that's like saying that. We as men, you know, T'Challa still gets cussed out by ex-fans, and he's not had any kind of, like, he's not been written to have any kind of relationship with any other female within the Marvel Universe. You know what I'm saying? So my whole thing is, like, okay, so it's okay for Aurora to basically do whatever with Wolverine and whoever else that she's been shown with, from Rocket Raccoon to Gambit or whoever. Why is it that T'Challa is basically stuck at ground zero? not having moved on. So he's still around, like, the, the lovesick boyfriend or husband or whatever that lost his love long time, and he's still there for her to come back and still throw shade up in his face, you know? If you look at characters like Doctor Doom, Doctor Doom is one of the preeminent villains in the Marvel Universe. But right now, he's not being written as a villain. He's been written as an anti-hero. So he gets to, like, like literally be God Emperor Doom, be this badass villain, then become God Emperor Doom, and after the whole fallout from Secret Wars, he comes back looking like he's handsome, handsome Doom now, basically, rocking Iron Man armor. But T'Challa is still T'Challa. He's still like the king of Wakanda. He's not sure whether he wants to be a king, a scientist, or some random dude. There's never any variation in the guy's character. He remains the same. The same. Same thing applies to all the other black superheroes like Luke Cage. Luke Cage is still the same way he's been since Bendis changed him into this pussy whipped guy that has no control <laughs> over his finances and shit. <laughs> you know, you got Falcon, who they put with uh, Misty Knight Misty out Knight. of nowhere. Yep. Where's that relationship gone? The worst one of all that killed me was Rhodey with Captain Marvel. There was no hint of any relationship anywhere, but it put him with her just as she's about to go out into space. But where's Rhodey now? Rhodey's dead. So yeah. it's like basically we we are disposable. Even within the comic world, it's bad enough we deal with this crap on the daily in the real world. You have to deal with it in the comic books as well. For as long as I can remember, going back to my childhood, I can't ever remember. Oh no, tell a lie. Um, Luke Cage was with black women back in the day in his own comic books before he even hooked up with Iron Fist. He was with Claire Temple. Then he got involved with, um, God, what's the name of that model? That black model he was with. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah. Forget, I forget her name, but Harmony. I know who you talking Harmony, Harmony. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there was a history of him being with black women. But all of a sudden, Bendis hooks him up with Jessica Jones. And it wasn't like a traditional guy meets chick, they get together, they get to know each other. It was more like 
she used him for sexual gratification, and the way they dropped it was like it was some anal business or whatever, which is yeah. You know, well, you know, well, you know what Bendis what Bendis did with Cage is you got that cake chaser period. You don't see yeah. it, but they talk that Luke Cage had a fetish for superheroes. Yeah, for superheroes. And, and, yeah. Oh, and and in the uh, in the Heroes for Hire book, you had a relationship with him and She Hulk. Yeah, and, and then he has mentioned having been with Black Cat and Tiger. Yeah, and yeah, they they made him a cake. What they called him was a cake chaser. They made him yeah. a cake chaser they, they, for a little while, and then they hooked, yeah. then then they hooked him up with Jessica, and she yeah. she they, quote unquote they symbolized. Him yeah, yeah, they just pulled yeah. him out basically. I mean, I, I remember when he was when he was trying to when he was offered the Avengers Mansion, and he had no money in his pocket. So I'm like, what the hell? This guy had Heroes for Hire back in the 70s. He was running his yep. own business. You know, how do you build him up as this guy that could speak multiple languages in that free the hard way, masterpiece, the handling drop with Cage, um, Blade, T'Challa, oh, yeah. Udu, yeah. Yeah. you know, um, Cap- you know, what's the name? Um, Monica. Uh, I'm like, people, I swear to God, man, I get really pissed off with people when they look at Hudlin because Hudlin actually followed continuity. He made sure that the Black Panther was front and center with other Marvel characters, like during Civil right. War, even World War Hulk and everything. You know, the guy was a completist, and he, he took the Black Panther into space with the, with the Fantastic Four alongside the late, great Dwayne McDuffie. This guy understood what he, 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 he's a comic book guy, you know. I may not be happy with the whole milestone mess, but the fact remains that Hudlin is a comic book dude. He's into the stuff. Colt, mm-hmm. on the other yeah. hand, he's into comics, but he's more of an X-Men fan. And for him to turn around and say that he doesn't know what Afrofuturism means, it's like a oh. straight-up insult. I'm like, dude, seriously, oh, you're bringing rape camps into like, Wakanda. There's never been any history of rape camps or gender inequality in Wakanda from day one, right from the beginning. And out of nowhere, this dude just brings in rape camps into Wakanda. I'm like, seriously, is this for real? You know, so I don't want to turn this into a coach bashing thing, but I, I think as black males, I live in the UK, you know, my parents are Nigerian. So I lived out in Nigeria for a long time as well. And the key thing here is that wherever you are, as a black man, you're under siege. It's like you can't do anything without someone pointing you saying there's something wrong with you. And I think that a lot of black men, even in entertainment, have internalized that shit to such a degree that they, they kind of like pacify themselves, if that makes any kind of sense. And they tend to try to make things look sweet to appeal to a wider audience. Keep it real. When the first Blade movie came out, no one knew what to expect, but everyone got blown away. Second Blade film comes out, same thing happened. When the third one came out, what happened? They watered that shit down, and they basically character assassinated Wesley Snipes to the point where the dude is more or less blacklisted in, in, um, in Hollywood right now. If not for the Expendables movie that Stallone put him in, the guy stars. The guy's just doing straight, you know, straight video shit. You know, um, straight to video shit now, which is crazy. Yeah. You know, 
So I don't want to like take this thing all over the place or take up so much time on on the phone. But the key thing is like I, I feel that basically independent is the way to go in a sense. You've got a lot of independent material that's coming out, like from Lion Forge and stuff. Basically, I've not had a chance to read any of that stuff yet. But I'm looking to start investing in, in, in looking into these books because I think Marvel has taken us for granted for way too long. We're all having to wait until 2018 to see this Black Panther movie. They just dropped a teaser trailer and the internet went crazy, which shows yeah. that there's always been an interest in this character. <clears throat> but Marvel themselves are the ones that are self-sabotaging. How the hell are you going to have, like, the Black Panther profiling hardcore in Civil War, the movie? And then you have Code's book, which is completely a 360-degree, you know, different from what you see in the movies. So when 2018 rolls around, what is Code's going to do? Is he still going to be on the book? My man's got to go, because reading and truly, when you even try to chat to the guy on Twitter, he doesn't respond to you. When you write letters to the Black Panther book, he doesn't print the letters that are critical of the book. You know, yeah. I remember back yeah, in the day when David Liss, you know, I remember when David Liss was writing The Black Panther. I wrote, the guy used to interact with people on CBR. We used to tell him what we felt about the whole Black Panther and Hell's Kitchen thing. And he listened to what we said, said, I respect who you guys are coming from. Just be patient with me. I'm going to come correct. And he did that with the Kingpin of Wakanda story before Marvel canceled the goddamn book. And they canceled it mm. in time for AVX. So yeah. I, I looked at the chrono- I looked at the chronological the chronological breakdown of this thing, and they basically canceled like David Lee's Black Panther book. He didn't even know it was being canceled until the last minute. He said he couldn't understand it. But I, I looked at the whole thing. Hold on a minute. They've canceled this guy's book, and when AVX rolls around, um, T'Challa and Aurora are fighting. There was no history of any kind of marital problems with them up until AVX. So they've just yeah, been running the old for the longest. You know, they've just been doing that for a very, very long time. They killed up David Lewis's book. Anyone who's ever really written anything. I mean, look what they did to Hudlin. They reversed everything that Hudlin brought. Like, step by step, reversed everything. But Coates is given free reign to come up, do the Black Panther solo, launch a world of Wakanda, which is even more shade on T'Challa. Then the crew comes through, some boring-ass story that wasn't going anywhere. And those two books have been cancelled. So it's like, bro, my brothers, it's like, it's 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 kind of heavy on a level. Like I said, I, I don't want to be like a Mr. Super bash coats over the head kind of thing. But, you know, a guy, the guy comes across like he's woke. I don't see him as being woke at all or awake in any way, side or form. But if he was, he wouldn't have done what he's, you know, what he's done. You know, how the hell do you, like, basically turn Wakanda into rape, you know, rape camp central? You know, how, yeah, how yeah. in what universe does that happen? <laughs> Sorry, it's, it's easy. It's it's called money, and uh, uh, I yeah. think what it is right now. I think what what Marvel's realizing is they got a viable character. They've always had this viable character on their hands, and to put him in the forefront, to have him the way he was received in Civil War, that's when it, it really submitted to them that oh shit, we got something here. Now, now that we got something here, what do we do? Well, they look at Coke's run on this book, which they probably let him have free reign to do what he wanted to do with the character to begin with anyway, yeah. based off of his name. So now that they got involved, this character getting all this rant, this rave review of his, his debut in the cinematic universe, they dropped the trailer on us. 
then the trailer drops, it, it blows up the internet. So now they're having to go back and re-approach their approach with this character. Marvel is notorious for making their comments first and foremost, putting them out there to see what sticks. Then yeah. it doesn't stick before the movie comes out. It's like, you know what? Let's go back to what really worked, what really got everybody on board with this character. We need to fix this issue that we're having right now because people are not going to buy this, this particular merch because it's not coinciding with the movies what we're seeing right now. So what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to take this character that they tore down, bashed, crushed, all this history, and build it back up to the point to where it's viable again so people can jump back on the book because what they're seeing on the big screen. And that's what that's what you're that's where you're at right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got a question. I got a question for the group this time, Michael. You get to answer third because you like to talk more than I do, man. <laughs> I'm messing with you. Yeah, you like, yeah, we're gonna have to have you on some more. Alright. Here's my question. It's to the group. And we're gonna let last start off because I'm almost forgetting the last is on here. Alright. This is the question. Do you think that Marvel underestimated Black Panther? And what I mean is, when Captain America Civil War came out, the big deal was Spider-Man. And if you remember, the movie that came, that was originally supposed to come out in November of this year, wasn't Thor Ragnarok. It was supposed to be Black Panther, but they pushed it back so they could have Homecoming. Do you think... Do you think that they underestimated the king because Spider-Man didn't blow up the net? Can I answer that first? Uh, yeah, hold on. Let me finish. let me get the question though. Spider-Man didn't blow up the net. Black Panther did. Any little piece of something that comes from Black Panther, the response is tremendous, and it's obvious that Marvel. It looked like they dropped the ball because they went where they thought the heat was going to be not where the heat actually was. So what are your thoughts? Do you think think Marvel looked at, oh, this is a black male hero, and just underestimated him from jump? I don't think they looked at it from their perspective. I think they looked at it from a marketing standpoint. It's Black History Month. It's a black character. It's a viable character. He was well-received in the movies. Spider-Man is already, they already were doing, it's a gamble anyway. The hype for that character to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, yeah, but it wasn't as big as the, the Black Panther being, because we've already seen Spider-Man how many times? Six, six times? That was five times. That was five times. This is the first time he got to see Black Panther. And you, you, you have to think from, you have to think from a, from, from their perspective. It's, it's, it's a marketing ploy. They moved it to February because Black History Month. They know almost what? 80% of money that's being made in America is furnished by who? Yeah, it's, it's, it's us. Okay, then. Yeah. You know, why would they stick that in, you know, February, Black History Month, a powerful... Uh, uh, your, first, your first black hero. Yeah, you got your first black hero that's debuting, and you're going to stick it in on Black History Month. What have we got going on in Black History Month? All right, man. Talk before somebody gets a breath. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it was a little of both, man. Um, I think that they definitely underestimated um, Black Panther's popularity um, because, speaking, speaking from personal experience, okay, 
I used to, you know, my myth, my uh, my background is in mental health, right? And when I was living in Tennessee, um, back in 2015, going into 16, um, you know, I, I I worked as a prison therapist outside of a well, this place called Wartburg, which is in the boonies, you know, saying like Squid Billy Central, right? Yeah. So me and a friend of mine, my friend who actually helped me get the job because he'd been there for three years. Me and him are the only black therapists there in the whole prison, all right? Damn. Now, the only other black people we see are maybe a couple of COs, but, like, if you were to close your eyes and listen to them talk, you know, you would think they were redneck, too. <laughs> wow. And then, and then you had, of course, most of the prison was black as far as the prisoners, and most of them came from Memphis, you know. So, with that being said, they had casual Fridays. So me being hyped about Civil War coming out soon, I went to the, uh I wore my Black Panther shirt um on Casual Friday. Do you know that when I wore that shirt, even though it has Marvel, it has his face at the bottom, nothing to do with the Black Panther Party. Do you know that those those ignorant, inbred white folks Thought that it had something to do with the Black Panther Party, even though I had, I showed them the Marvel tag, and again, it has, it was a black shirt with red writing that says Black Panther, and it has his face at the bottom. I couldn't yeah, even I, get I, my, I couldn't even get my charts to, to go see my client to get out the, get out the gate before I had four, five COs coming to try to accost me and tell me I can't go on the unit. Because I was working in the gang unit, and they were like, oh, the Brotherhood, the Aryan guys, they're going to take that shirt the wrong way, and this is about the Black Panther part. And I said, no, it's not. And, like, I had to explain this shit to them. And it just came up to the fact that I had to go home and change. And I lived 45, I lived about 40 minutes away because the prison, you know what I'm saying, is just off in a mountain somewhere from civilization. So with that being said, what I'm trying to say is had I, they knew the Captain America movie was coming up. But they, they had no idea about Black Panther. They see those two names, those two those two words, and automatically associated with the Black Panther Party, even though the Black Panther predates the Black Panther Party by six months. Yeah, they were both came out in '66, but you know, by six months, you know, what I'm saying the Black Panther came out before the Black Panther Party. So I think because majority of this audience that they, you know, these white folks, you know, you got some like that who are just unfamiliar with that. And I think that has something to do with them underestimating the popularity of it because he's never had, you know, we just now starting to get toys and stuff with him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's kind of like they've always underestimated him because they, you know, the the first time I was able to kind of play with him as a character, even though they had all these games out was Ultimate Alliance. And even then, he was like DLC. And then Activision, yep. like, screwed people over on that. You know what I'm saying? To where you can only get them for a limited time only. So, it's like, even now, Marvel's underestimated him with Marvel Super, with the new Marvel um, versus Capcom Infinite. Yeah, you gotta He's in the game, well. but you have to pay the deluxe edition eighty nine ninety nine to even get Damn. Black Panther instead of having him as already be a character. Even with all his you know, newfound popularity with this movie coming out and this game coming out in September and this movie coming out in February, 
they're still underestimating him by not putting him on the original roster. So it's like I understand what Tony was saying with the with the market employer of having him be on, you know, the movie come out on Black History Month. But I do feel like they felt the hype about Spider-Man being in the MCU would be more hype than Black Panther. And now it's like we have to do something. It's, I feel like they put it in Black History Month to correct the fact that when after the movie came out, most people were talking about Black Panther more than Spider-Man. Spider-Man, yeah. So yeah. I think that they had to they had to kind of you know correct the fact that they were wrong and double and you know kind of be like, okay, well, fine, we're gonna move it to February so that you know we can kind of live off of this hype that you know we didn't know he had. So that's what I think about it. It was a little bit of both. All right, hold on, hold on, because my boy DQ ain't getting a chance to talk at all. What you got, DQ? Yo, yo, truth be told, I'm having a good time because, like, you guys are going in, and I love it. Because And you guys are (laughs) pretty much saying a lot of things that are on my mind as well. But I will say that I totally agree on both both sides. Um, Yeah, did Marvel unestimate them? Yes, they did. Um, is it a good marketing tool? Heck yeah. I mean, look, they released the trailer during the NBA Finals. Man, that was so good. Marketing. You know, it's coming out in February. February is going to be a big spending uh, month as well because you got people getting the income taxes. So mm-hmm. this year, marketing. Marketing. Yes. So, if Mar- so if Marvel is really, really smart and, all, and also those parent companies that also make, like, merchandise and stuff like that, they better hurry up and jump on that bandwagon too because it's going to, man, this is what we've been waiting for for decades. Like, yo, I got everything Black Panther just because I didn't get it as a kid. It wasn't right. available. So yeah, that's going that, on you and me both. <laughs> See, this is another thing you got to think about too, bro. Last, you mentioned that mm-hmm. the Black Panther character is going to be DLC, right? Mm-hmm. How much was the character to be able to get him? Eighty nine dollars. Eighty nine dollars. How much yeah. does the game cost? How much does the game cost itself? The game itself costs sixty. Fifty nine ninety nine. Like I said, it's a marketing boy to get it. It's a marketing for a man. But I feel like most people. Oh, he just touched on all those aspects, though. He just touched on all those aspects. It's 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 coming off of the new year. You know, coming into the new year, taxes are coming. It's viable. People are spending money. Fresh off the holiday season, yeah. and, and, and it's it's a no brainer. That's why they did it. I think well, they, I, feel I think, like I think I think they realized the potential of the character when he debuted. I think they yes. realized the mistake that they made for putting cups on it. And I think what they're doing is before he walks out the door, they're making sure that he's going to wipe his damn feet off before he walks out because he made yeah. a mistake and he that character down like he did. And they realized yeah. that. So now they said, okay. This is the house that Jack built. Now, knock this shit down. You build it back up, make him viable. So he's somewhat resembling what he looks like on the big screen. And then you can yeah. tell on. But All let, right, me Michael. let me say this real quick before, before uh, uh, Mike, real quick. What I, what I think could possibly happen or should happen, and me and Mike, we talked about this yesterday, is... The same thing that happened when Star Wars and came out. You know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know, and I think that's what we, we can complain and, and, and talk about our dislikes and our likes, but we have to really take the bull by its horn and, and just go out there and create it ourselves. I was watching an interview over, um, with, with, with the, with the guy, um, Alex or whatever his name is from, uh, Marvel at the uh, San Diego Comic Con. And he was like, Alonzo. Alonzo, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, listen, it's not that hard. Like, we're not that difficult to approach. You know what I'm saying? If an artist wants to come or somebody wants to come on, you know, present, present it, pre- you know, present it to us. You know what I'm saying? Make sure that the storyline is good and the artwork matches up, everything matches up, and, you know, you've got our attention. So all what I'm saying is that we can really get in here and do our own thing, and, <laughs> I mean, we can make that change. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like we we have no other choice, or we're just going to be yeah. living, living with it in our memory. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to let Coates ruin Black Panther for me. I'm not going to let any writer ruin it for me. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to take, just like just like those guys said, you know, I'm going to take the, the best out of, you know, the best from the best. You know what I'm saying? And, and run with it, you know? Because all each writer, you know, even though me personally, you know, Huddling was my favorite, right? But, you know, each one also had their flaws as well. Yeah. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So, you know, again, I'm taking the best from, you know, from each book, and I'm going to make – I'm going to still hold on to that. But, but, again, we really need to, you know, and we need to spread this amongst the whole community. Like, yo, this is what we want. We want it. How we – and this is what we deserve. Because this guy – I mean, come on, man. I'm sorry, yo. This is just, uh, this is, know, just man. <laughs> you know, say like I'm passionate about you, brother. Just like everybody else on this on this uh, podcast is as well, and I really want to see this happen because the youth needs this. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. And and what and, and what I love is that you know I had a lot of white people saying how much Black Panthers stole the show in the Civil War movie. You know what I'm saying? There was so many people, there's so many white people that are, you know, I hate to say white people, but I'm, I'm you know, other people are always, they love the character. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, you know, they, we're not going to be the only ones in the, in that film, in that theater watching this film. So, you know, they really need to make moves with this guy. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And they need to have, and they, so, you know, Mike, you can take it from here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I was listening. I was listening to everything that you know DQ was saying, and and, I, and Laz as well. In fact, everyone on this podcast, I think we're, we're all basically coming at it from from different angles, but the same with the same aim. You know, mm-hmm. I was listening to what DQ was saying, and I was just I had images going to my mind of like when um, David Liss was writing Black Panther and that whole King of Wakanda um, arc, you know, when you had T'Challa was like down, he was he was powered down, he wasn't, you know, powered by the by the heart-shaped herb, he was caught from Bast, but my man was still able to go up against two mutants, like Typhoid Mary, no, one mutant, Typhoid Mary and Lady Bullseye, and he took them out, 
you know, the yeah. guy creates a, a mutant suppressant thing on the fly and use that. Yo, seriously, that sequence was like, was boss. To me, that was boss. And that's David Liss. David Liss had no comic book writing experience. Same with that Coates had no experience, but he respected the character enough to do his research into who T'Challa is as far as being like a strategist and a scientist and a, you know, hand-to-hand specialist. And he, he meshed he, all of those things, you know. That's Liss. Yes. Yes. You know. See, that's the that's how that's that's my main beef with I mean interrupt, but that what you just said is my main beef with Coates. Like, because on Twitter not too long ago, this guy was like, "Yo, what's the what's the uh, I'm trying to get into it. So what's the what's the lip? You know, what I'm saying he was trying to test out the waters, and then when he read it for himself, he was like, he tagged me in, and he was like, "Yo, this guy seems like a novice. Like he's never been a king before. Like." And he doesn't have that scientific mind. And, you know what I mean? And this was a guy who yeah. hadn't, you know what I mean? So, you know, what you just said right there, that's the main thing. It's like what made Panther cool and what made him the badass that he is, it's like those other writers, at least they did the background. This guy, Coach even said, oh, yeah. like, Casper Cole was his beginning of Black yeah. Panther. Like, come on, man. <laughs> so he didn't even respect the character enough to do his research, you know what I'm saying? So that's why he looks like uh, such a novice, and he, you know what I mean? So what you just said, it just really, it it, it just honed in on, yeah. you know. I think what you're seeing, and this is something that, that if you listen to me in podcasts talking about Coach Run on Panther, I don't think he can write a black male hero. I think that's his problem, because... Mm. I say that not just based off of his Panther in the Black Panther main series, but when he tried to do the spinoff, the crew, you notice yeah. he went with Misty Knight. You had an unrecognizable storm. storm for most of the book, and you don't see Black Panther in a book called Black Panther and the Crew until the end <laughs> of the second issue. And I and I, and I do when you look at because even when you look at the thing that we started this conversation off with, where where Panther's talking to Storm, look at the power dynamic in that. He's basically going, well, I tried to make you a queen, and I tried to trap you in a palace, and I tried to do this, and, you know, you're so much more than that. You know, you're a goddess, and I'm basically filled. So it's still kind of coming from... He does. He can't do a strong black male character. He has no interest in doing a strong black male character, and it's because of his politics. His politics yeah. is black black girl magic, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the thing that made the thing that made Hudlin's run beautiful was it was black people's magic. Right. The women didn't outshine the men. And the men didn't outshine the women. Storm had a better power set than Black Pan- than T'Challa, but T'Challa was still every bit her equal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and he doesn't he doesn't do equal. He does. He's he's all about the kind of black girl magic. Because if you read Culture Run, you think that the reason why Wakanda still exists is the Dora Milaje, not the you know two thousand years. The Black Panthers leave this place. 
I mean, that's the truth. Well, He's got that whole, Jorah Balaje is the backbone of Wakanda. No. They're just the king's bodyguards. They're his wife. That's it. They're his bodyguards, but they ain't the backbone of the country. Okay, think about this. You gave a guy a platform to preach his agenda. He preached his agenda to a certain minority group of people mm-hmm. to the point where people that didn't know anything about the character jumped on the bandwagon and started reading, just like Trump. You take somebody... Just like Trump. <laughs> hey, that's how I compare that. You take somebody, you give them that platform to preach their agenda, and he got in based off of his agenda. He got in promoting mm. the one thing that he's known for. So why would it be any different? That's what you got to ask yourself. I mean, everything that we on in that complete run is identical to what we are living right now. And in the, I don't expect any different from it. Like I said, I think Marvel saw that this was a way to cash in on the market of the Black Panther, and they realized it's not. It is not because of the backlash they're getting from it. And, and this is a chance for them to submit this character in the cinematic universe and hopefully to bring him back in the forefront in the comics to make him just as good, if not better, as Captain America, if not Tony Stark or anybody else. But they're going to have to start with that situation. You fucked it up. You fix it. Wow. Can I can I ask you guys a question? Because yeah. what's up? What? How? How is he being portrayed in uh, Secret uh, Empire? Uh, he's not. Uh, okay. The only uh, Secret Empire shot you've had with him was in the actual Captain America book, and he is the only world leader to put Steve Rogers in check. Now, that I'll give him. Okay. Uh, he, he, was, he was in uh, Steve Rogers' Captain America, I want to say it's like two months ago, and it was where Steve was basically giving his big talk to the U.N., basically letting the countries of the world know, you know, we ain't got to take your mess. We're America. We do what we want to, and we'll just cut you off, and we'll run this. And yeah, it's the view screen basically goes fuzzy. There's applause and T'Challa's there basically going, yeah, you tried two times to come in and take what belongs to Wakanda. We've killed everybody that you've sent. Uh, you can ask Arnim Zola and it had a picture of him ripping Arnim Zola's head off about coming to Wakanda. He was like, if you, and if you don't, don't like what I'm doing, and if you want what we got so bad, then I suggest that the Supreme Leader come see Wakanda for himself and drop the mic on him. And that was then, right there, them establishing the ground base and saying, the platform has been set, now you have to reestablish this. The, the, the trick is, though, Panther has been more Black Panther in books not associated with Coates than he is in Coates' world. Do you know why? Right. Yeah. Because those people pay attention to what they're writing. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, Mike, you still on? No, nah, he, he he's um trying to, he's trying to dial in right now. Oh, okay. That was him trying to dial in. Oh, I didn't know. Uh, if you can send him a message. Yeah, let him. I thought that was someone else. And we will try and get Mike back on here. <laughs> 